Welcome to Post to Post here on the Wave, the sound of LIU. I'm Ryan Kraut. To my right is Anthony Cavaretta. Anthony, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. It's uh, once in a while we'll switch things up like this. So Ryan gets the host. Yeah, it's been a while since a few months that I got to host, but it's nice to be back in the host's chair, so to speak. And we're going to get right into things. Not a whole lot of news to speak about, but the first thing that we are going to talk about is something I know that you are very happy about. Gritty has been cleared of all of his charges. Yeah, you really know it's a slow week when the uh, breaking the top news story of the week is Gritty. So, yeah, he was relieved. He was um, cleared of all of his charges, um, which even we said were way too good to be true. Yeah, there was too many holes in this story when when I was looking into it. It was just absolutely ridiculous to believe that completely unprovoked Gritty decided to just wail this kid in the back of the head as hard as he can for for no reason that it was just it made no sense. And then I also later found out that it took them a year after this supposedly happened to even say anything at all, which also leads me to believe that the kid was just looking for attention. Yeah, that's kind of what it seemed to be, where it was like mostly, you looked at the story and it's like, yeah, I, I would, first of all, and I said this a little when, we, when it broke, if you see a mascot, not even to say that it's gritty, because gritty is another level of terrifying. If a mascot is running at you full force, move. <laughs> yeah. if, Granted, life lesson for all the kids listening out there. If you see anything running at you with full force, move. It's quite simple, quite a simple concept. But there was also really, I think, no need to get the cops involved in this in any way, shape, or form. But I I think it was mostly just like because it was for publicity. The kid was. Yeah. And I think you, you said it. I think when you read the when you read the article last week, it said it, all I want from is my son to get on the ice for warm ups. Like, you don't say that if you're going to the police and saying, he "Yeah, no, kid. no, no, you don't." That just screams publicity, and that you're waiting for something like you want something from this, and not you're saying it because it actually happened. So. Gritty was cleared, as I expected. The next thing that uh, has happened in this past week, Jack Eichel, he's having a very strong season. He is vowing that his wheels won't fall off this year. I think he said it about the team. The team, the wheels won't fall off because they once again had a hot start, fell off, trying to pick it back up. I I think it was you that said it, too. Once again, I'm going back to what you said because we spoke about – you said this before the show started. The Sabres – I think it was what, the general manager? Yeah, their, their owner is – they want better results. Like, really? You want to be better than having 52 points in currently sitting God knows where – in seventh in the wild card race and – 13 points out of a playoff spot, you want to be better than that? I never would have guessed. Yeah, I would have never assumed that you want to, you know, this Buffalo Sabres team that has been 
boiling in mediocrity for the last 10 years. They haven't made the playoffs since 2011. Like, you know, it's almost you're coming up, you're coming up on 10 years of not making the playoffs and you want change? Wow, this is a magical concept. Really? Who should tell Detroit? Yeah. Well, Detroit had change, but they went the opposite way. That was that was a whole different type of change. But yeah, maybe like I'd be surprised if they'd say, "No, I think I think we're doing good. I like how we've been playing." And I th- think that we're just one piece away from being from being right there. If he had said that, I would have been like, "All right. Take a step back. Are we are we watching the same team play here?" But clearly you're going to want to do better than what you're doing right now. It's not a challenging and surprising concept. No, and uh, and it's weird cuz you think you look at what the Sabres have been doing and they haven't been doing you know they they had they always had their win streaks but they haven't had anything, you know, that says, "Hey, this is a playoff team." You know, you could say that with the win streak last year because no one expected it, but you did the same thing as you did last year and you you ended up in the draft lottery last year. Yeah, so. exactly. The same things were said this year that were said last year. The Sabres are legit. They're this is their year. They're gonna finally gonna make the playoffs again. I didn't believe any of that. I'm like, this is a fluke. They did this. When I said this, I said last year. They they did it last year. The whole ten game winning streak or hot start to the season. Then they fell off a cliff and they did that again. Yeah, there's no way that. And, you know, Jack Eichel is good. You know, Darlene is good. Pominville, good. Skinner is good. But there's just, I don't know, something's missing. I don't know if it's the coaching staff well, I'm or sure something. A, I'm sure a soccer coach is not really who you would want to lead a hockey team. Well, they do play soccer pregame, so. Well, that's standing in a circle and kicking a ball. That's... Sometimes you're lucky and you get it on the ice. Yes, sometimes you are lucky and you, or unlucky for that matter and you that's why it's usually played in a hallway with like a separate hallway not next to an ice rink so yeah and yay inside joke um but yeah i think a lot of things do need to change for the sabers to be considered legitimate and besides a coaching change i don't know who you could go out and get to fix this season you know you're not out of it by any means you're not and 13 points, there's a lot of there's a lot of games left to fix that. But I don't know. I, I think this is the time where a lot of teams, especially now, we're in February. We're three weeks away from the trade deadline. This is where you guys need to figure out, are we going to be good? Are we going to make a run? Or are we going to just sell off assets and rebuild for the future? I mean, I personally don't think they're in any position to be buyers right now. But... At the same time, I don't know necessarily who they have to sell. Skinner. They, I don't think they're gonna trade him if they re-signed him this offseason. Well, I, I, you know, I'll give me a second. I want to see who they actually do have on this roster, because there's no names that that will, really, other than Jack Eichel, there's no names that pop out. Well, you know, you got Pominville. Pominville's like 38. He's towards the end of his career. He'd it's, be, you'd get may, maybe get a fourth round pick for him. Where the hell? Oh, there's the team. I was like, where is it? Because their website looks really fancy because they have like the 50th lot, like thing. Maybe they should focus more on their <laughs> on their team than their uh, oh, wow, there is, PR. There is no one on this team. Exactly. Kyle Poso. 
Mm, I love him, but no one wants him anymore. I forgot Jimmy VC was on this team. Oh, yeah. I forgot he went back to People Buffalo. were complaining about him the other day for some reason. Eh, he goes through dry spells. That That's usually how it works. Yeah, there's no one on this team. Uh, Skinner, VZ, which any, VZ... Anyone of any, like, little shred of significance just about is injured. Yeah, you know, Johansson is... I forgot they got Marcus Johansson. That's all right. I forgot Boston. they got Connor Sherry. Yeah, no, there's no... Wow. Which just is proving our point that they're pretty much irrelevant right now. They got Matt Hunwick, though. Wow. That's a throwback for Rangers fans. Wow, Matt Hunwick. I also do think that they need a goal. Some sort of, like... Goaltending change, they need a. They just need a goaltender. Period. Yeah, they really haven't had a good goalie since Ryan Miller. They haven't, but I think if you're if there's going to be an opportunity to get a goaltender for the future, this year's draft is the year to do it. Because there's a lot. I think there's about three guys in the top ten that could be go could go as goalies. So, I would, po- could possibly see them being. Uh, Spenders in the off season, though. Yeah, I could see that, but you know, this. Well, here's the thing: it depends on the free agent class because this year's free agent class is nice, but I think a lot of guys. I think we're going to end up seeing what we saw this year, where a lot of guys won't go to term with it. They'll just go. They'll say, "Hey." You'll get, like, the Panarin. I don't want to call it the Panarin effect because he's not the first guy to do it, but, like, what he did, where you you knew, I want to say about a week before, that as much as the other teams were, like, the Islanders and Columbus. Oh, he was never doing, going to the Islanders? Yeah, but, like, you kind of knew ahead of time. Like, you knew about a week in advance he's going to the Rangers, period. He was using them as leverage, yeah. which is – I don't necessarily know if it worked as leverage because – the Islanders were apparently offering him more money. I don't know if that's really leverage, but well, I, unless it's one of those, offer me this and I'll come here, and if you don't, I'm going to go there. Even so, they're like, hey, we'll give you $12 million. He's like, I want to play in New York. We're in New York. I want to play in New York City. Oh. Yeah, we can't help you. We're, we play half our games in Brooklyn. No, sorry. <laughs> that's nice. Can't help you. It doesn't count. So, But I, if you're going to – I feel like if Buffalo is going to do anything – I think off seasons to do it, and I th- really think you need to get somebody from the draft, like a nice, nice pick from the draft this year. So not, not top three, but like middle of the pack. So, do you see them? Because since with the whole goaltender situation, do you see them being a player for a goaltender in free agency? Because I, I don't necessarily see them going after the names I'm about to mention, but. Braden Holpe's available. Corey Crawford's available. There's some solid goalies out there. I know Thomas, I think Thomas Grice might be. Grice is available? Grice is going to be available. Leonard's available. I don't think he's going to go back to Buffalo, though. No. All may, no. Personnel's still there. Halak's available. There's some solid goalies. He's just going off like, I, just, I could just see like the list of failed Islander goaltenders. I'm just reading the first ones that pop up. Cam Talbot is available. I think if there, here's the thing. I think I would rather, if I was Buffalo, I would probably try to see if you can get somebody, get a young guy. Don't don't get a goalie through free agency just because they're going to, yeah, they're NHL ready, but I feel like they're more of a project. 
because you know you look at those names on the list. I think the only one and this and I and I feel like a, a, at least one of those names, the biggest name, Braden Hopi. I don't see a reason for him not to get re-signed. Yeah, he's he's not going anywhere. So, but I think those other players, you know, I'll be honest. There's I don't see them doing that because you got to adjust them to the system. You have to make sure your goaltending coach is in order. Which I'll be honest, I don't even who is I don't even know who the goaltending coach is. Then again, nobody really does because you're not supposed to. It's just Ranger fans that know who Benoit Lair is because everything he touches turns to gold. But I know the Islanders' goaltending coach used to be Mike Dunham, and that was terrible. Now I know the name if I had heard it, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. But even so, I don't think you have enough, you know, and you haven't had a good enough track record with the guys you already have. I think if you're going to do it, build a guy from scratch. Make sure that he knows the Sabres system, and he'll grow with the people who are going to be in front of him, like the defenders. Like, if you get him now, he can at least grow with players like Darlene and Miller. Sam Reinhart, I think, is there if they don't ship him anywhere. Yeah, you can put him with Matt Hunwick. Like, get get him to be roommates with Matt Hunwick. That'll that'll help you. He's you know, he was born in '85, so what that put He's him at now? Thir- He's thirty-five. Yeah, about 35. 35. He'll be there for a good... Uh, I didn't realize how old he was. <laughs> Thinking back to, like, NHL 12. I'm like, oh, he was one of the Rangers, like, prospects. And I'm like, oh, prospects. Cool. So, yeah. Buffalo need... I feel like if Buffalo's going to do it, I'd put more time and effort into a long-term solution rather than a quick one. And one final piece of news, as, again, there was not a whole lot of news going on this week. But we are finally getting a conclusion in the Dustin Bufflin Jets saga. They are heading towards a contract termination. This, there was a saga for this? Quote, unquote. Because I remember it must have been an, another slow news week, but all I saw on Twitter was Dustin Bufflin is unsure of where he of what's next. Okay, um... I rem- I when this story broke, uh, I don't know if it was you or Nick that told me about it, and I was, I assume he's gonna end up going somewhere. Oh, probably. But I can't see him going somewhere for long, cause Bufflin, Bufflin's up there. He's, I think he's like thirty. He's thirty-four. Yeah. He's about to. T- he's turning thirty-five at the end of March, which isn't necessarily that old and his production while it has gone down a little he's still up there he still produces so i'm sure someone's gonna sign him yeah but i can't see him staying wherever he's gonna be long term and even so you know he gets out um i guess that you get i guess you you i don't know if they will retain will keep his salary on the books if he doesn't go anywhere, if it's a termination, I'm assuming that... I'm sure it's a buyout. It's a buyout, and then that's some spending money to sign some younger guys, which is nice. But, I don't know. The the whole Bufflin situation, he'll go somewhere. I just don't know where. I can't see my, see him going anywhere. I can't, I can't see him going to a contender. Well, he's from Minnesota, so do you think maybe the Wild give him a call? They already have way too much dead weight. No offense, Bufflin... He'd be nice, I think, but I think Minnesota should be looking in the alternate direction. All right, so 
When we come back, we will take a look at each one of the four divisions. We'll take a look at the Hat Trick Challenge, and we will preview some of the games that are going on tonight. You're listening to Post to Post here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Having trouble writing a paper? The LIU Post Writing Center is here to help. Located in Humanities 202, the Writing Center has peer tutors who are ready to help you with your writing skills. Brainstorming, outlines, thesis statements, ESL concerns, and more. We also have a lending library full of free books for anyone to take home. Stop by Humanities 202 to work one-on-one with a tutor or call us at 516-299-2732. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and our blog. Welcome back to Post to Post here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. I'm Ryan Kraut. Alongside me is Anthony Cavaretta. We're now going to take a look at where everyone stands in each of the four divisions. And we're going to start with the Pacific. As the first, the top five teams are all separated by five points. And California. <laughs> and California. Just immediately throw California in the end there. But, yep. Um, Pacific is strange only because, like, it hasn't changed since December? With the occasional, like, day or two swaps. But they'll eventually go back to where they were. It's a lot closer than I even thought it was going to be. I figured it would be like Calgary, Vegas, and San Jose top three. I was very wrong, first off. Very wrong. And now you're just you're seeing just a very, very close competition in some of these games, especially in the Battle of Alberta. Oh, I love this. Which I would love to see a seven-game playoff series of. Well, actually, hold on. I'm going to check real quick just to Zach see. Zach Cassian would be suspended from that series. I'm calling it right now. Immediately. Immediately. Like, the second they find out the matchup, Cassian, no. Well, as of now, the only way that we could see that happen is if Calgary puts together a few wins, which is 100% possible. They're only a point out of third place. And they would have to, and they would play Edmonton in the first round. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be a very, very entertaining series. As we saw the other day, there was a goalie fight. They both got ejected because it was a secondary fight. Mike Smith won, which I am absolutely in (laughs) shock about. The dude has glass bones and paper skin, and he knocked out what was that Talbot I think it was Talbot just I wouldn't say knocked out but he very easily won that fight no and the and it was funny because somebody said they go we have like the, Twitter blew up after that and it was funny because Twitter just immediately said it is the year 2020 and we just had a goalie fight and I'm like really so now in the year 2020 we've had a goalie goal and a goalie fight it's a good year for goalies so we're, far. We're throwing it back to the year 2000 when you have friggin', I think, it, what was it, the fight that they had? I think it wasn't it Wah and who was the goalie for Detroit in 2000? 
because th- they had. I think that was the last big was, goalie fight. Was that Chris? Was Chris Osgood still there? That was probably. It was probably Osgood or possibly Hashik. I think it was Hashik. That would not necessarily surprise me. Because I know Hashik went because he wanted to win a cup, and that was where anybody went to go in t- in the early two thousands to win a cup, and it was Detroit. Poor Detroit. Look how far you've come, fallen. It was. It was. It was Osgood. It was Osgood. Okay. So, and then the pre the summer of two thousand one they got Hashik. Okay. He went and Osgood went to the Islanders. Okay. Yeah. I forgot that happened. Split time with Garth Snow. God, those were dark times. <laughs> I just threw up my mouth a little from that. <laughs> dark times. So okay, so yeah, no, we had a goalie fight. Calgary and Edmonton please meet in the first round, or at least in the playoffs. Because playoff hockey for the Battle of Alberta, oh, my God, that would be amazing. Yeah, and I also don't remember the last time we had two Canadian teams in the same series. I don't think that is ha- – uh, wait, no. I think the last time that could have happened was Montreal-Ottawa 2017 was the last time that could have happened because Montreal played the Rangers in the first round and Ottawa played, I want to say – I forgot who they played in that series, but that was the season that Ottawa went to the conference final and then got sent to the abyss. Yes, Chris Kunitz, great, great times. But who do you see coming out on top in that Pacific Division? Because the- I honestly think it's too close to top right now. Oh, I, I, I agree. I think, I think in the you're going to look at these top five. It is a shame that. Only four of them, well, right now all f- um, all five of them could definitely make the playoffs, but it's a shame that most likely one of them is not, and that's just the, compared to the Central and how good the Central's been as of late. I think if we're lucky, all five of these teams will make it, but I think your top three is gonna stay primarily the same. I could the only team I could possibly see. It's too close to call for that last spot, really, for the, for most of these, anyways. But I would, I could, I'd put money on Vancouver and Edmonton staying in the in the top three, and then I think the third spot could go to Calgary, Arizona, or Vegas. I would like to see Vegas as a wild card team, only because they haven't had that opportunity yet, and we've seen and their biggest hurdle to jump since in their two seasons in the league was San Jose. I would like to see how that would work going into a you know, a entire playoff series where you don't have to play San Jose until ever. Yeah, until potentially next year because the Sharks are not going anywhere Yeah. With fifty points. They're not nothing's happening with them. So as we look over to the central, top three, St. Louis, Dallas, Colorado, that's pretty much been like that all season. Nashville is starting to get it together a little bit. Chicago and Winnipeg, they're all all three of those teams tied with 57 points. Minnesota at the bottom with 54 points. And Minnesota's not even they could still I think honestly, they're not out of it. They're 6 points out of a spot. No, they're not, they're not out of it, but I do think I think that if Minnesota's going to do anything, I would probably think it would have been 
I think the window for them is starting to close. And it, that that's a terrible thing to say. I didn't know the window for them was necessarily open. Well, I mean, for them to at least make a deep run. You know, Minnesota, I don't think they've made the finals in their existence. They have not. And I would honestly believe that if you were going to probably do anything, I think it would have been... I don't think they've made it out of, like, the second round in their existence either. Because... They're they're gonna become the new age capitals where they're gonna have they're you're gonna look at this team and you're gonna be like wow they had such good players on their team at the, at these points they had Eric Stahl Matt Zuccarello Zach Parise Zach Parise and I forget the other one why am I forgetting Ryan Suter Ryan Suter and you're gonna look at oh my god they had all this talent and they didn't do anything with it yeah they didn't they don't have any pieces around them they have one division title and. I think that was the first year they had. That's about it. Although apparently they retired the number one in honor of the Wild fans. I thought they retired the 15,900. I thought the whole reason for Nordy's number was that. I think it's 15,901 or something. I think his number is like 15,000 or 16,001. I think that's because it's one more than the capacity of the stadium, something along those lines. But, yeah, the number one is retired for that's, the fans, which I don't quite get. That's dumb. It is kind of dumb. But at least Vegas's first retired number made sense. Yes, that made sense. But I don't see why they would just retire a number because of the fans. But regardless, they need to find their identity in some way shape or form because they've really they've made the playoffs but they haven't really done anything while in the playoffs no they've done nothing and they're not making the playoffs this year i could tell you that winnipeg surprises me being as low as they are they're not out of it but based on the team we saw losing the conference finals two years ago losing the second round this past year it's surprising enough that they're at the bottom. Chicago surprises me a bit. Nashville also, I think, is in that kind of... My expectations were somewhat lower, and they're achieving it a little. Winnipeg, I, I should lower my expectations for. Col- the only teams that I see here that I expected to be at the top is Colorado and Dallas. St. Louis, I'm just... I, I don't understand. Something's in the water in St. Louis. It, it must be, because the Chiefs were probably drinking the same water. Or they're eating something. Maybe, they, maybe, they, maybe, maybe. I think you know what it is. There, there's got to be a connection between the sliced bagels and Andy Reid's cheeseburgers. Because there, there, there's like there's got to be something there. Because there's no way both of these teams could have this much success in a season in the same calendar year. Yeah, they went from pretty much both being close to irrelevant to all of a sudden champions, and I don't know where that came from at all but the blues are still at the top by a healthy gap seven points didn't expect that from them coming into the season they're third in the entire in in the entire league and maybe a regular season western conference title is headed their way yeah put a banner up for that but it's weird (laughs) do it against nashville Do do it against that'd be perfect but I'm really surprised. This the the Blues have been the closest, 
closest comparison to the Bruin, like basically being in the Bruins of the West, because they've just been like almost leagues above everybody else. And I would have to think, you know, we we were joking about it earlier before we went on air, but you know, we said the Bruins may possibly make another run to the final. I don't wouldn't be surprised if you saw, you know, both of these two teams just ran just make another deep run and have a rematch. Yeah, I I could see a rematch because right now there's really no one that really sticks out to me in the West that I can necessarily see taking down St. Louis. Maybe Dallas. Maybe Dallas, but especially with the way St. Louis has been playing at home this year, if they win the West, they're going to have home ice throughout the whole uh, throughout every series, and that's really going to help them. So I don't necessarily see anyone taking them down. I wouldn't be surprised if they go on another deep run. And I'm sure they're going to be buyers at the trade deadline. Not that they really need much, but another piece or two can always go a long way. And I know we had we didn't speak we didn't talk about it before because there was no real movement on the top trade bait pieces or anything, but I did see because you know the rumors have been abound since Kreider went down with a in uh, head injury, and a lot of people are connecting him to St. Louis. I've been hearing that for a while. I don't know who they'd give up for him or what they'd give up for him, what line he'd slide into, but. I feel like he'd probably fit in there. I feel like that would be the piece, if anything. Yeah, that they don't need much. I mean, as defending Stanley Cup champions, you shouldn't need much. But and which which they don't. I think the only thing would be trying to find someone to take out of that lineup so it doesn't necessarily disrupt it. I, I think if anything, you'd probably ship him off, ship that player off somewhere. I would think, like, if you look at the, if you, because like, I remember reading a mock Kreider deal, and I think it was a AHLer or a NHL ready player and their first round pick this year, which I think would be fine because if, you know, we, we see St. Louis going back, possibly back to the final, that pick's going to be deep 20s. Yeah, deep. Deep 20s, if not in the 30s. And there's only two spots. So, but, but still, that first round pick doesn't necessarily have as much trade value as some other teams' first round picks. Like Detroit's. Like Detroit's. And somehow they're still probably not going to win the, the draft lottery because it's rigged. Yeah, but you, if, you, if you say the same thing that we said for the Pacific, who do you see changing... You know, who do you see coming out of the Central? I think the way the top three is right now, maybe Colorado and Dallas end up flipping just because Colorado is has a much better uh, scoring depth. St. Louis is staying at the top, and I really only see those three teams coming out of this division. Yeah, I don't see... Especially with how close the Pacific is, I don't see Nashville making the cut. And Nashville, Chicago, Winnipeg, and Minnesota are the only other teams that could possibly compete for a wild card spot. And 
yeah, I don't see them doing anything. So I think right now, this is kind of it. I think you're going to see these three teams in the Central and these three teams in the Pacific. Yeah, Pacific will bounce around a bit, but I think for the Central, this is it. This is the this is your top. This is going to be who's going to be in the playoffs. And I know it's Jan. It's oh god, it's February. It's February, yes. It's February, and you know the playoffs start in April, late April. So we have time, but I think if I'm a betting man, those three teams, that's where the chips go. Yeah, and I think they need to figure that out pretty quickly. Actually, I don't think. I know they need to figure that out pretty quickly because if they're going to make a run, they're going to need some sort of peace, and the deadline is in two and a half weeks. Yeah. And if they're not going to try and make a run, see if you can sell off some pieces. If you are going to try and make a run, see if you can acquire a piece or two. But they, these teams can't do nothing if they're, one way or another, these I, teams I can't would, do anything. They I can't do think, nothing. I would think they're buyers. I wouldn't. I think if you're gonna sell some pieces, you know, so, you know something we don't, and you know that you're not gonna get past the second round. Because I would think, especially where team, I wouldn't even, for argument's sake, let's say they were gonna trade in division. I would look at teams like Chicago. And say, hey, you know, some of you guys are some of you guys are getting up there. Maybe you want them to win one more. And you say, hey, we'll give you, you know, this first round pick that'll help you. Maybe you could flip them for a top four, top five pick. You know, cohort those teams over. Look at you. You could definitely look over at like the Atlantic and look at teams like Ottawa and Detroit and say, well, not Ottawa because Ottawa doesn't have a first round pick um, until I think like. 2023 but you look at Detroit and you're gonna say hey we'll give you our first round pick so maybe if you don't get the first overall pick you could flip it for it yeah I'm sure that for well in Detroit's case with if somehow by some miracle they don't get the first overall pick I feel like they'd try and keep whatever pick they have but they, if they do want that number one pick, they're going to have to trade whatever pick that they do end up getting. But another pick from another team would help their case. So I think for the West, you're, pretty, you're almost set in stone. Pretty much. I, I feel there's only going to be three teams from the Central. The Pacific is close. That's going to come down to probably... I would feel the final day of the season. Ooh, I, lo- I love when that happens. My favorite was a couple years ago, there was, I think it was the Flyers and I believe the Panthers when they went on that ridiculous run at the end of the season. And they were tied in every single capacity and there would have been no, th- a pl- uh, some sort of like playoff tiebreaker game if the Flyers didn't beat the Rangers or something like that. No, it was, no, it, it was the, no, I, I, I don't know if, I don't know if it happened a second time, but I think what you're thinking of is the uh, Rangers-Flyers shootout. That was in, like, 2011. Oh, no, that's not what I'm thinking about. Oh, the last time I thought I'm thinking of is when the Rangers and Flyers, I don't know if you remember this, they had, they were tied in every category, and they were playing each other in the last game of the season. And the winner of that game made the playoffs, 
and it came to a shootout. Yeah, I've I've seen a, a few of those. Been on the positive end of a, at least one of them, from what I remember. But that's not what I was thinking. I, of. I know what you're thinking of, but I, I was I I remembered it, but I was like wasn't sure exactly. But yeah, that those are fun, and I really hope that we can see that. And that would be not, especially if it's coming from the West, because the West has always been. I want to say a little bit more, no pun intended, a little bit more gritty than the East. So those yeah, games those are teams just, are they're more more competitive because the East just has powerhouse teams and they're very split apart. As would be a good segue to look at the Atlantic, you got the Bruins with seventy six points in first place. The Lightning finally getting there whole deal together they're they back. figured out how to play they're hockey. back they had a very long absence but they're back florida toronto montreal they're sticking around buffalo is in the middle then ottawa and then you have like 50 feet of nothing and then you have the red wings i'll give you a hot take about the atlantic watch tampa win the thing interesting I have a feeling. I have a feeling, and you know this has been brewing for a while. Only, and I said to myself, only if Tampa can come back right after the All Star break and st- or right before it and start getting hot. What if if and I know I've said this many times before that Tampa should have done it this year or should do it this year. Watch them pull it off. And I, I understand it, we have a long way to go and we have a lot of hockey to be played before we can determine the Stanley Cup champion. But we said Boston and St. Louis could make the final again. I would not be surprised if Tampa would. Only because team, I, I've seen this before in, in several different sports and I've seen this in hockey as well. You lost in the first round. Got swept in the first round. Between that rest and the way they were playing at the beginning of the season, that is enough time and enough mental energy to get back that this team, because we know they're talented. We, we know they're no, talented. There's, there's no denying the fact that they're talented. They have 33 wins, like second in the league. This team, I think, has will take, will take the loss, take the sweep from Columbus, and... I wouldn't be surprised if they can flip this entire thing around and win. Win the whole thing. Win the whole thing. See, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised either, but at the same time, I don't expect it just because in years that they were even predicted to win the Stanley Cup, they came nowhere as close or they made it to the finals a la 2015, and then just crapped out. I think it's different only because you look at you you look at the team and you look at what they've done. If they won last year, it would have made too much sense. It would have made too much sense. Oh, it's the winningest team in history. The last time somebody did this, they won the Stanley Cup. They didn't. A team that nobody expected to do well, won the cup. They're on the opposite end of that now. They're like, hey, 
anything. They finally woke up and said, wow, this sport that we play, anything can happen in it. So why can't we win now instead? Like, why can't we don't have to win 62 games to win the Stanley Cup? We can win. We can win. Let's just throw I'm throwing a number out there. 45. Yeah, you can win the bare minimum, as we saw with the Kings in 2012. They were the eight seed. They won the cup. They the did it first, again in 2014. First time that ever happened that an eight seed won the cup. And so you don't have to have the best team in the league during the regular season. You just have to be one of the 16 teams that makes it. And then it's a clean slate. Exactly. That's why I think that Tampa, I wouldn't be, I feel like they'll make the playoffs. The team that surprises me in the Atlantic that'll make the playoffs, Florida. Yeah, well, F- Florida did do some, he- I wouldn't say heavy lifting in the offseason, but they got a very good replacement after Luongo retired. It's very hard to replace a f- more than likely future Hall of Famer. But, you know, you give give a guy seven years, $7 million, he's going to get there. And his name. Sergei Bobrovsky, I mean, they pretty much stole—I wouldn't say stole him from Columbus because he wasn't going back to Columbus. It was not going to happen, but everyone was kind of interested when he said Florida. I mean, Sunrise isn't necessarily a hockey hotbed, but— <laughs> Never has it been. Never has been, never will be, but yet— they got one of the greatest goalies in the league, and they got the All-Star game next year. So things are looking up for the Panthers. I think the only thing in the Atlantic that the – pro- the, the thing in the Atlantic is I think there's a solid line of playoff teams and non-playoff teams. And I, 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 I'm going to get flack for this at some point probably, but I don't think Montreal could make it. Not this year. I don't think they're going to make it. They, you know – they could easily prove us all wrong and Cobble Chuckle grow wings and become the angel Montreal needs, but I don't think that's gonna happen. You know, Carey Price, he has the flu. Does he? Yeah, he was Are out. Are you sure it's the flu? Um <laughs> I don't think he took a trip to China anytime soon, so I'm assuming Hey <laughs> Neither did any of us, but it's here. That's true. But you know, but I do think you know, there's no way you know, everybody looks at injuries, and especially something like the flu is usually code for he's on his way out. But there is no way on this planet that Montreal trades Carey Price. And oh, I know absolutely not. And I know I've said it a million times before. I live by the saying: if Gretzky can be traded, anybody can be traded. But you look at that money. <laughs> there's no way he's getting moved. Yeah, no way he's getting moved. And with what? And going back to your Gretzky thing, with what the Kings offered. They would kind of be stupid not to. I believe they got, like, at a very, very minimum, three first-round picks and $15 million. Yeah, it was 15 It was, like, four play, four NHL-ready players, three prospects, a ton of picks, and $15 million. And, yeah, and I think there was, like, a probably a bunch of other stuff that was under the table that we didn't even know about. That wouldn't surprise me. It was the 80s. They got two um, players, $15 million in cash, apparently, in cash. And first-round picks in 81, 91, and 93. 
Oh wow. Dang. I didn't actually realize how how deep those picks went. They wow, okay. But yeah, that that's going to be something you're going to get for like Carey Price. Now, do I think that they'll flip him? Absolutely not, but I do think Montreal is going to need to try to figure out what they do. And now here's the question because, you know, this has been the talk for a bit now. Do they trade Kovalchuk? See, I immediately thought when he got there that he was trade bait. And he still is trade bait. But I'm less certain now that they're going to move him because of a few factors. One of them being, I personally believe the asking price is a bit much. They want, at a very minimum, a second-round pick for Ilya Kovalchuk. He's not worth that anymore. I don't think he was worth that when he came into the league. Oh, he was. He was. He was worth at least a second-round pick when he came into the league. I mean, the second time around, not. Well, second time around, no, absolutely not. When he came back from Russia, he was not worth a second-round pick. That's what I meant. I didn't mean when okay, he came Okay, I'm like, when Atlanta. he first got here, he absolutely was. But the other thing is, with the way Montreal's been playing since he got there and the way he's been playing since he got there, you got to think they both have a good thing going and that they're not going to want to mess that up. No, I wouldn't. And it, it's a shame because I remember when there was the when he was coming back, the rumors were running rampant. There was like, oh, he's going to go here, he's going to go there, he's going to go here, and then he goes, it goes to L.A. And everybody just said, L.A.? Yeah, because I saw something that said before he was even posted and before he was even able to talk to teams – I saw SNY tweeted, Ilya Kovalchuk agrees to three-year deal with the Rangers. I'm like, that's not happening. Yeah, there was he can't new... even talk to teams yet. Yeah, I remember, I remember, and like, I think we were talking about it, we were just like, that's strange. But no, there's, I think, I think you're right. Montreal should look at him and say, hey, this is the direction in which we're going. Can you be a leader? Because that's the question. And we've seen that he can be. You know, if his ego... Because I think that was the big thing with L.A. That was an ego thing. Oh, I'm sure there was a deeper issue than, than his ego. But sometimes another side of you comes out, like when he was shushing the crowd in New Jersey last night after his shootout winner. There, That's just because of the, the tension that's there. But I, I think Montreal is going to be the team. They'll probably sell some pieces at like this year. But I don't see them selling Kovalchuk, probably some other younger pieces, if anything. I They may not even. I think they'll just keep stay quiet, if anything. But I think if you're going to look at the Atlantic overall, it's a four-team four race. Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to take a quick look at the Metropolitan Division, take a look at our hat trick challenge, and then preview some of the games for tonight. You're listening to Post to Post here on the wave, the sound of LIU. Campus Concierge in the lobby of Hillwood Commons is here to make campus life easier, more fun, and more affordable. They offer answers to all of your post-related questions, discounted movie tickets, free essentials like pens, highlighters, notepads, ice scrapers, and more. Plus locker rentals, laundry and dry cleaning services, ticket sales for campus events and trips, and much more. For more info, call 516-299-2800 or stop by the desk in the lobby of Hillwood Commons. Welcome back to 
coast to coast here on the wave, the sound of LIU. It's always a good time when Brass Bonanza rains down. As we get set to take a look at the Metropolitan Division with the former Hartford Whalers, the Carolina Hurricanes, along with seven other teams. The top three looking like Washington, big surprise there. Pittsburgh, Columbus, which I personally was very surprised about. Then we got the Islanders, Flyers, Hurricanes, Rangers, and the Devils. So Columbus is str- uh, Columbus I don't think is going to stay here at all. Columbus doesn't have anything. I don't know where this is coming from. Hot goaltending. That's what I was about to say. It's that that Elvis guy. Elvis Merlinkins, or however you pronounce his last name, I would have thought goaltending would be their biggest issue when Bobrovsky left. I didn't think that losing a top five goalie in the league would have almost no effect, if if not help them, because they were not in a division spot at this point last year. I would really think if, no, they weren't in a division spot last year. They ended up playing the – they were the last team in last season, and now they're third in the Metropolitan. And the only way I can see them possibly continuing this is if they rack up enough wins. Net, do, it's going to sound – I'm not trying to sound mean or anything, but do what the Islanders did. Exactly. Do, do what the Islanders did. Go on a – which I don't necessarily know if Columbus is capable of, but go on a ridiculous point streak. The Islanders went on a 17-game point streak. If they did not go on a 17-game point streak, they'd probably be around where the Rangers are right now. They wouldn't, I think. They would probably think about possibly selling pieces at that point. Because right now the Islanders sit in the first wildcard spot. They could fall out easily. Yeah, they could have been out yesterday if they didn't uh, get a win against Dallas. And if um, St. Louis didn't destroy... Um, Ooh, I don't even remember who it was. Forget who it was. They destroyed. Oh, it was Carolina, but that didn't really matter. Oh. So, yeah. But I would think the Metro. Then again, it's so weird because we always say, "Oh, the Metro." Like I remember when they finally a few years when they announced that they were doing the division system for the playoffs. I was like, "Oh, the Metro is going to be a dang bloodbath," and it was for the first season. But now it's mostly just been top heavy. Yeah, it's been the same two or three teams every year, and those two teams are always Washington and Pittsburgh, just because of the star power that they have. The third team has fluctuated. Has yeah, has alternated, as we saw last year. The Islanders had it. Sometimes it's been the Rangers. Carolina. Carolina's been in there. The Flyers have been in there. But it's really only, it's still top heavy. But at this point, it's still close. And the Rangers and Devils. Uh, and you know what? I, I'll say it here. I, if I, if you, if this was a few weeks earlier, I would have been. Able, I would have said, and I think I've said it before, that the Rangers were in striking distance of a wild card spot. I, they're not mathematically, like if you look at it and say they're only, I think what are they like, twelve or fifteen points out. They're, they got 54. The first playoff spot is 65. They're 12. Po- they're, 11? they're 11 points out, which 
isn't impossible, but it's hard. I would, especially when there's four teams in between you. Yeah, and as as a Rangers fan, you're coming up on the trade deadline. Yes, the the rebuild has gotten the shot in the arm that it needed to speed up, but if you're gonna, I think this year, don't even, don't attempt it. I I would have loved to do it if you would have told me that in the beginning of the season, but I've seen this team in the last few weeks. Just let it go. Sell. Sell. There's no reason not to. You know, I think Buffalo Auto Buffalo should sell as well, but but I think the the teams that should sell is Montreal Rangers and Buffalo, and mostly because Ottawa, New Jersey, and Detroit just continue doing what you're doing. Jer- New Jersey's gonna sell. I know that they're trying to move some pieces. They got Wayne Simmons on a prove-it deal, which $5 million is an expensive prove-it deal. They got P.K. Subban, who has been absolutely horrendous, to say the least, in New Jersey. They got some other pieces they could move. They're going to sell. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. There's no other way that they would do that. And you look at team, and I think that buying teams are going to be Philly. I think Toronto will move a piece or two. Not They'll sell a little bit, but I don't see them buying much. And I think top, really the top-heavy teams in this team, Washington, Pittsburgh, Columbus I don't think is going to stay here. I think the the only team I could see possibly getting a lot of pieces and being buyers is kind of the Islanders. And the, that's, the Islanders need to do something. I've been hearing – J.G. Pajot and Ron Hainsey rumors. Why Ron Hainsey? I don't know. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. I would take Pajot, but they need to do something. And I'm a little worried that since the J.G. Pajot rumors came out that Lou's not going to do that now because he has been known to shut down a trade just because somehow the media got their hands on the information. That's not a good way of doing Which anything. is not the best idea, but I mean not any other not every GM is in the Hall of Fame. That is that is also true. So you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. But no. so that's where the divisions stand to this point with about 30 games to go, give or take, depending on how many your team has played. Now we'll take a quick look as we're in the final just about five minutes of our show here. We're going to take a look at the Hat Trick Challenge. I currently have a 18 to 15 lead. I believe so. If this was... I had... Yes, 18-15 lead, yes. Yeah, you had 18-15. to right. I technically won one, so it's 16-18. I don't know how I got one. one. So, yeah. So, so we both just got an extra one. Yeah, so 16-19. There were a lot of shutouts this week. McDavid did let me down a little bit, though. There were eight shutouts this week. Oh, yeah. I, I The only one I got right was Ovi. Parise needed two assists, got none, and if Lundqvist didn't beat Detroit, I would have had two points. Wow, who would have thought your favorite goalie getting a win would have hurt you? It did. Well, uh, he's let me down before, so I'm not 100%. (laughs) Yes, he has. So I still have a three-point lead. Anthony, what are your predictions for this week? Number one, Jonathan Taves will get his 800th point. My original one was, I think it was uh, Thornton. But that happened last night. That happened last night, so it didn't. 
Yeah, I, I, had... I got the wonderful text from you saying, hey, you can't use this. So, yeah, that was fun. And I said Carolina and Chicago. These are two different picks, by the way. Carolina will be in a wild card spot, and Chicago will be in a wild card spot come next week. All right. The, those are some interest. The last two I can see maybe happening. Carolina more so than uh, – I mean, they're both three points out, so. I would need them both. And they play – Carolina's, yeah, two points out, so yeah. All right. All right, well, mine for this week, the Bruins will have at least 81 points. They currently have 76, and they have three games before next show, so they need five of those six points. Next, I said Zach Parise will get his 400th career assist. And then finally, David Pasternak will score his 400th career goal. He has never let me down before, and I don't think he intends to start now. I'm hoping Parise lets you down because he let me down. Eh, well, I'm hoping Taves lets you down because he let me down. That's a shame. Yeah. uh, My bold prediction for the season, Ovechkin will become the eighth member of the 700 goal club. He has 698 after his recent hot streak, which I saw something very interesting on Twitter. He now has more goals over the last 10 games by himself than the entire Detroit Red Wings. They have 15 goals over the last 10 games, and Ovechkin has 16 goals over the last 10 games. This just makes me feel even more bad for Detroit. Like, They made the playoffs 25 years in a row. Give someone else a turn. It's your turn to be terrible. That's not really what I'm thinking of. I'm just thinking, like, hey, you know, it's nice that, you know, Detroit was— you know, everybody says the empire, but they were like the they for the longest time they felt like the Yankees of hockey for a time in like the late '90s, 2000s era. But wow, I don't know. Every time I see a team like this where they just this bad, it, it just hurts I, to see. I feel for them because they they're a great organization, but Stevie not a good I, team. Stevie Y. So two games tonight. We got Toronto. Visiting the Big Apple, taking on the Rangers. Who you got in that one? I'm going to say Leafs, but the Rangers are going to put up a good fight. Only I, This is a real test for Shesterkin. Bless you. Yeah, he, he, this is going to be the biggest test he's had. Yeah, I'm going to give this one to the Leafs as well, just because they have a little bit more to play for at this point. And then the other matchup we got our Wednesday Night Hockey Original six matchup, Boston at Chicago. All these are original six matchups tonight. Yes, that that one is uh, the Rangers-Leafs is also an original six, but Boston-Chicago, Boston. I'm giving it to Boston easily. It's, it's, in, it's in Chicago. It's in Chicago, but Chicago has not played well in Chicago. I want, my heart's – I don't know why. I'm just going to say the Hawks. I don't know why. I just feel like Chicago's going to beat the Bruins tonight. I don't know why. All right, and with that, we are out of time. We thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Enjoy some hockey. You've been listening to Post to Post here on The Wave, the sound of LIU.